Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. Hey, today I'm reading in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. And the Bible says, when Jesus is approached by the disciples, and they come and they tell him, Jesus, we need to know how to pray. How do we pray? Because they noticed that in his life, every time that he would come back from a prayer time, that there would be more and more power. And Jesus begins the chapter by explaining to them, you don't got to be like the hypocrites. You don't got to say a bunch of words to get my attention. You don't have to pray for my love. You can pray from my love. And God begins to explain to them, Jesus, and he shows them a model. Somebody say model. He begins to show them a model found in Matthew chapter 6. The Bible says, our father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debt as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one for yours is the kingdom the power and the glory forever amen over the next few minutes i want to speak to you from this subject weapons of war weapons of war would you pray with me um father we love you we thank you for this opportunity that we have to come before your presence lord and my god you've been present and engaged father we sense you in this place i pray father that you would speak through me father as we as we learn just a, a model of what it is lord god that we can come to your throne with father i pray lord that you would ingrain in us help us father god to be able to understand our identities lord jesus help us to understand lord that we have access to you father we love you and we thank you it's in jesus mighty name that we pray lord amen and amen come on one more time but you make some noise for jesus in this place y'all weapons of war weapons of war jesus is having this conversation with the disciples in matthew chapter 6 and i think what he was explaining to them was that he was trying to show them how to create a plan plans are important i believe plans are super important yeah i know at the top or or, or, or the bottom of 2020 you had plans set in place and i know that all those plans got sidetracked and hijacked and but plans are important you don't show up on your first date with no plan some of y'all probably did. <laughs> God bless you, because it's the grace of God over your life. But I mean, you don't just go and say, hey, I'm going to propose to my wife or to my, my fiance, my girlfriend. I'm going to propose to her. And you don't come up with a plan. Like you're thinking in your mind, like, I, I want the atmosphere. You know what I mean? Like I want a little sand on this side and put some hearts. Some of y'all went over the top with it. But it's been 12 years and you haven't gone over the top anymore. But that's not, we just... We just, no, don't laugh, ladies. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to spur your man into good things and good works. I think a wedding, you know what I mean? If you, you get married, you, you have a wedding. There's a, there's a plan to this thing. You don't just show up, even though some people go to Vegas and they just, you know, like, hey, let's just, <laughs> let's just do the dang thing. You know what I mean? I'm going to dress up as Elvis and you can be Cleopatra and we'll make it happen. I don't judge you. Do your thing. I don't judge you. Do your thing. Um, but, but, but honestly, there's, there's a plan to this thing. Like, you don't just go to the gym. Have you ever been to the gym without a plan? 
Yeah, I'm the only person that has gone, okay, there's a couple of us that go to the gym. And when we go to the gym, what's the, the first thing that we do when we go to the gym is we, we go and we're like, well, I'm going to develop the plan when I get on the treadmill, right? We all do that. We get on the treadmill and we stand on the treadmill. You know what I mean? You, depending on who you are, you hit your one or two miles per hour MPH for us workout people. You know what I mean? And you get up to five. If some of y'all, you know what I mean? You just, ah, you know what I'm saying? I'm getting this thing. And you're watching TV, maybe you're listening to some worship or a podcast, and then, you know what I mean, you have no plan, so what do you do? As soon as you get off of the treadmill, you start to glide. It feels like you're in a spaceship. You're just like, shh. And you go and you're like, oh, I don't want to do chest today. I don't want to do legs today. I don't know what I want to do. And guess what you do? You go right back to the car and go home. And unfortunately, you hit Chick-fil-A on the way. You know it's true. You know it's true because you didn't have a plan. I mean, all of us, we hit the year and we're like, New Year's resolution. Yo, it's a couple of months away. I just freaked some of y'all out. <laughs> but 2023 is literally right there. We're in November. I felt like, wasn't it 2020 just two days ago? I mean, time moves so fast that if you don't create a plan, what you'll do is that you'll have resolutions. But those resolutions don't last too much because at the beginning of January, sometimes in the middle... And sometimes we get into February, by March, we're like, Reza who? <laughs> we, we went back to eating sugar. <laughs> we haven't gone to the gym. We paid those folks three months. We've been paying them for the last three years. Um, and we haven't gone to the gym. <laughs> but, but you have to have a plan. Here's what Jesus was saying. I, I want to just show you a plan. And for some of us in here, we, we have plans when it comes to prayer. I mean, this is the number one weapon that God has given you in the kingdom of God. It's, it's prayer. It's for you to understand that it's not about you. Here it is, this beautiful moment that we see in the life of Moses where he's standing at the top of the hill and they've noticed Aaron and her on both, both of his sides and what they're telling them is, here's what's going to happen. As I keep my hands up and pray, you watch Joshua win the battle. When the hands went down, when the prayer ceased, they would lose the battle. Could it be that in our own personal life that there are battles that we're losing because we're waking up every single day and we're going to the ministry of Facebook? I don't want to say it. Put your face in the book. Whatever. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I'm not going to do it. But, but, but what would happen if the intentionality that we have in planning our workout routines, right, Kobe? You know what I mean? You got, what, what, if our, what if the intentionality of, of your proposal or your wedding, what if you woke up in the mornings and that was the intentionality that you had to spend with God? This entire season of war cry is that I'm trying to rally the troops, that it's not about you just putting a sword in your hand, but about you dropping to your knees, spending time with the creator. There is a God that's huge and that he wants to spend time with you. Yo, we're about to hit the holidays and everything is going to go crazy. You got, your kids don't want one gift anymore. And if they want one gift, that junk is like $400. You know what I mean? Some other parents said, amen. amen. The other parents are like, I don't, what? <laughs> I still go to the Dollar Tree. God bless you. We hate you in our hearts, but for some of us that have teenagers, you know what I'm saying? This is a little bit different. But Jesus was trying to create a plan. And he's speaking to the disciples and as he's talking to them, he gives them this model. And this model is not what God wants you to pray. Just say these exact words because then we start contradicting what he said a couple of verses before where he says idle blabbering, where you just keep saying words. 
So God is not intently. And if you do this, God bless you. If you have a prayer strategy, if you have a prayer model, then man, do your prayer model. This is sometimes to move you away from a, a routine that can turn into a rut and just giving you a different type of rhythm for you to be able to do. Hopefully you will take what I'm telling you today. And it's not a message. I'm not a horoscope, guys. You don't read and listen to me. Go home and live your life. Hopefully what you're taking from today, you can actually apply it to your life. That's why I'm asking you to take notes, especially today, because there's some things that I think you can take. The Bible says that Jesus begins to speak to the disciples and he tells them, this is how you should pray. Our father, that word father means different things to different people. When we hear the word father, for me, my entire life, it was like this distant individual that one day he was going to come back into the picture. So the way that I'm going to live life is that I'm going to try to show him who I am and I'm going to try to make a name for myself so that the day that he comes back, he's like, oh my gosh, you did a really good job. I'm proud of you. That word father can mean something. I mean, to, uh, to some of us, father is this, it's Jesus and then it's our dads and it's this high Oh my God, it's this reverend, like, I know who you are. You're my daddy. Man, I hold you up to such a high standard. What I want you to understand is that this God that we love, this man, this person, his name is Yahweh. That Yahweh, that word Yahweh, the Jews wouldn't even say his name. They wouldn't even be able to utter it because what it was is that everything that the name Yahweh means, everything that is in existence, everything that you see, it came to existence because he created it. So here it is, this big God that we approach. Think about this. Like, yo, how many of y'all have been able to have a, a conversation with Bill Gates? How many of y'all have had a conversation outside of Nuno? How many of y'all have had a conversation with maybe Biden or Trump or the presidents of the United States or prime ministers? How many of y'all had a conversation with a celebrity? How many of y'all celebrity? You saw a celebrity outside of Ricky because he was in every single one of the Marvel movies. I get it, Ricky. I get it. We've, we've had conversations. Think about this. None of those conversations that you have have anything close or can measure up anywhere to the creator of the universe. The God said, the God that said, let there be in the skies and the oceans and the stars. And I mean, me, he, he clothed me in my mom's womb. He, he knit me together. He put gifts and talents. Like, think about this. Like the Eiffel Tower is beautiful. But have you seen the sun at six-ish? He created that thing. Like, I mean, when the, when the moon comes up and you start to see the fall, as you see the orange and the gold and the reds, and he, he created those things. Isn't it crazy that every single day you have an opportunity to have a conversation with that person? Not only do you have a conversation with that person, but you can call him father. Hallowed be your name. That word hallowed, it's the word hagiadzo, hagiadzo. That word hagiadzo means it's set apart or it's set to the side. So there's names and then there's the name. There's, there's, there's COVID and there's Franklin and there's Benjamin. You know what I mean? And there's Will Fa Wells Fargo and there's Fannie Mae and there's, you know, all these different type of names. And then there's the name of God that is set apart, a name that is above every single name. We approach him as my daddy. Abba, Lord, I love you. I have access to you. Some of us who have fathers and who have been there, we, we can wake up in the morning and everybody, my kids, I'm past the Chino to them, but I'm, I'm to you, but I'm daddy to them. And they can run in my room, even though I hate it when they run in my room, knock on my door. But sorry, therapy. But they have access to me. And not only do they have access to me, they can have everything that I have. That's the way that God looks at you. 
that's the way in the access that you have with God. This, this God that has a hallowed name, that his name is to be separated. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And the Bible says your kingdom come and your will be done. For so long, we've taken this idea of approaching God. When you think about the kingdom of God, you think about him riding in this white horse. Or you think about gold steeples and, and I mean gold buildings and streets of gold. And when you think about the word kingdom, for so many of us, we're probably thinking about a place, not a way of living. Because the kingdom of God is God's way of doing things. That's what he means by my kingdom is at hand or the kingdom is here. The people looked at Jesus and they were like, the kingdom is here. Here was people that were in bondage, that they weren't sitting up under a political regime, but they were sitting under a royal regime, meaning that they had no say so. The king said, this is the way it is. The Pharaoh said, this is the way it is. And they had to follow suit. They had no way around it. And the Jews at this time were people that were looked at as just marginalized. They looked at as less than nothing. The Roman government hated the Jews. And here it is that we have a God that the, the disciples are living in this space. And they're like, yo, we hate everything about the life that we live. We're walking on thin ice. The people that look like us are using us to take all of our money away. They, they grab microphones Sunday after Sunday and they preach messages to pull out of my pockets. And all they do is every single Sunday they grab microphones and all they do is tell me how bad I am. Oh, they, I'm sorry. I'm talking about 22,000 years ago. I'm not talking about right now. Maybe I am. But 20. 2022 years ago in Jesus's time here it is that these male and females were living lives that were ostracizing everybody who looked like it I mean everybody who looked like them I mean they were in a really bad spot and their hope and their desire was for this one person called the Messiah the Messiah was supposed to come and in their thought he's gonna liberate us from all of this and the Bible says that Jesus teaches them pray that God's kingdom would come and that his will would be done. God's kingdom. That's God's way of doing things. That when I go to God in prayer. That I have access to him. That I understand. Daddy you're my God. You're Jehovah Jireh. You're my provider. Your name is separated. You're still Jehovah Rapha. You're my healer. Your name is separated. You're Jehovah Sidkenu. You're Jehovah Nisi. You're Jehovah Elohim. You're Jehovah Shalom. You're all of these names that are separated. You hold all power and authority. But you're my daddy. I come to you boldly. But then when I come to you boldly, I have to understand that it's not my way of doing things. It's your way of doing things. God, I hate my job and I hate everything about it. And Lord, I want you to let me, I, let my people go. Get me out of, I don't want to be in this job. God, I hate it. But when you wake up in the mornings and you say, Lord, your kingdom come, your way of doing things, your will be done, then you understand that that job is not keeping you away from ministry. That job is ministry. And you will walk into that place after you spent some time with God. You will walk into this place understanding I'm doing it God's way. Father, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Today, I believe in, and, and I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into an entire series where I'm going to explain this. So I might do a little damage with what I'm about to say, but I want you to understand my heart. That God is saying, Jesus was teaching them, everything that happens in heaven can actually happen on earth. That your kingdom, your way of doing things can actually happen on earth as it is in heaven. And I believe in my own heart. Man, that there is sickness that bows to the name of Jesus. 
I believe that there is power and authority that has been gravitated to the believer to be able to stand in the place. It's not mine. I don't, I don't have a little handkerchief that you can buy for $3 so you can be holy and blessed and get up out of a wheelchair. But I believe that there is a God that's strong enough, powerful enough, who his will in heaven is the same one that can happen on earth. I believe that Jesus was teaching them, you can align the two. You can align the two. There is a way that we can align these two. I'm, I promise I'm going to get there. I promise. Uh, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He's teaching them, do it my way. When you wake up in the mornings, your, your prayer model is that you approach God sovereignly. Lord, you are above everything, but you're still my daddy. You're big enough to fill the entire galaxy. The galaxy can't be filled. And as a matter of fact, you spoke it. And scientists today are still looking and seeing that there's new universes and new galaxies that are being formed and new stars. And they're watching as this ever-evolving universe keeps evolving because the Bible says, let there be and no word of the Lord shall ever return unto him void. When God opened up his mouth, it continues to create that big God you live in my heart. You, you care about my job. You care about my kids. You care about my marriage. You're in my heart. And Father, I thank you for that. And then I, I pray your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then you pray after you finish. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then give us this day our daily bread. This is where you begin to ask God for sustenance. This is where you begin to ask God. There are things in my life that I need to provide for men. This is why prayer is so important to us. This isn't on our wife to pray. This isn't for our, our girlfriends to pray or for our grandma or for our moms to pray. As men, we are called to be the ones that carry the torch of prayer in our families. That we are the ones to get up way before they ever get up. This is not on them. We have a responsibility. We have a mandate from God to be the biblical, the heads of our households. And the first way that we are the heads of our household is not with the way you act or how much money you bring in, but how much do you pray for your family? You complain about your wife. Do you pray for your wife? You complain about things, but do we pray about things? Men, I think biblical manhood looks like men that know how to get on their knees and know how to cry out to the savior regardless if they ever had a man to be able to show them what it looks like to be a man that we have a god that's teaching us how to be a man god i need you to be our provider and i need you to provide today give me everything that i need for today this is the problem that we have in christianity i think this is the problem that we have as humans right if i asked you a question and i'm gonna ask you a question watch this if i gave you some of y'all heard this because you've been on the TikTok. But if I gave you, would you rather have, number one, I'm going to ask you to raise your hands a second. Don't raise them now. If I gave you, would you rather me give you $3 million right now? Lydia, go grab the checkbook. <laughs> she said, I rebuke you. <laughs> $3 million. $3 million right now. Right now, $3 million for everybody. Super Oprah, right? $3 million. Or... For the next 30 days, I want to give you one penny, and then you just multiply it times two. Just, you can multiply the penny times two. So one penny, two pennies. How many of y'all would like the $3 million right now? Come on, get, stick your hand up if you, $3 million right now. In the name of Jesus, I could turn that $3 million into 10, quick. <laughs> How many of y'all would take the penny? How many of y'all would take the penny? Y'all been on the TikTok. Linda, you've been on TikTok. You've been on the TikTok. On the TikTok, yeah. This is what happens in our prayer life, though. In our prayer life, we want everything to be done now, but we want everything to be done. I want it, I want, I want it forever, but I, right now, give me everything that I want. Isn't it crazy that you can take a penny and that you can turn it into two pennies one day? The second day, you can take that penny that takes two and you can turn it into four. The third day, you can take the four pennies and turn it into eight. 
at the end of 30 days, you will have $5.3 million in your bank account after 30 days. Way more than $3 million. I'll still take the $3 million, but way more. Way more. That's $2.3 million more. What happens is that we don't understand the day to day. That there is a process that God takes you through every single day. And when we pray, we need to understand, Lord, I need you to give me the sustenance for today. I believe that today you can take care of me because tomorrow it's a lie. Everybody says that tomorrow's not promised. Tomorrow is promised. You're going to be there tomorrow. Whether you're on this side of eternity or on the other side of eternity, tomorrow is promised. But what would happen if we focus today? Father, give me the encouragement, the strength I need not to punch my ball square in the face. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, my teacher has given me this assignment four times and I've turned it in. I hit send on it to give me patience to be able to say, no problem, ma'am. I will go back on my email and I'll resend it. Lord, I need patience today. I need strength today. I need you to give me peace today. This is what happens when you ask God for your daily bread for so much. We think that it's money. And God will provide money, but man, you can't buy money. Right now, I would give anything in the world. I would raise any type of amount of money to be able to get Ashley out of that bed, as I know Didi and Juan would do the same thing. But money can't help that. You know what can help? It's peace. It's understanding that, God, you got it. It's faith. God, I trust you. So here it is that we can take our time and we can be able to say, God, I need you to give me our daily bread. And then he goes in and he says, and once you've finished praying for your daily bread, then I want to ask, God, I pray that you would forgive me of my debt as I forgive and forgive those who have debts against me. Number one is forgive me. Did you notice that this wasn't the first thing? Why didn't Jesus start it as the first thing? Because then you would think that you earned your way into this thing. But God is always going to provide for you because you are his child. My sons, they can make good decisions or bad decisions. They're still my children. I still love them. I'm still going to put a plate in front of them, even though I don't want to. They're my children. And Father, I pray that you would forgive me of my sins. Lord, forgive me of everything that I thought, everything that I did, and the things that I didn't do and I was supposed to do. And we come before God and we ask him to forgive us. But we make confessions, understanding that, yo, we are the righteousness of God. I am no longer just my debt. I am no longer just the sins that I possess, but I am the son of the creator of heaven and earth. So I not only, I don't deserve your forgiveness, but once I receive your forgiveness, next week I'm going to talk about this. Once I receive your forgiveness, I'm going to walk in your forgiveness. I'm going to walk in the righteousness of God. First Corinthians, he who knew no sin became sin so that we may become the righteousness of God. First Corinthians chapter five, verse 21. I'm going to exchange my sin. God, I ask you to forgive it. And I'm going to begin to walk in your righteousness. I'm not going to think about what I did. I'm not going to think about my mistakes. I'm going to give them to you. I'm going to ask for your forgiveness. Your grace will step in. That's not a license for me to keep sinning, but that's for me to understand just because I made a mistake doesn't mean that I am a mistake. But then you take it a step further. You got to forgive others. All the amen just went out the door. Do the funny thing again. I like that. <laughs> Make me laugh. No, there are some people in your life that have hurt you and they have harmed you. And can I tell you that forgiveness is not a one-time act. For some of us, forgiveness is a daily act. And here it is that Jesus is teaching you. When you go to pray on a daily basis, here are the things that you should ask for. And daily, I'm asking God to forgive. The way that I ask God to forgive the people who have hurt me is that I ask God to bless them. Oh, man, I don't know about that one. Bless your enemies and those who persecute you. If Jesus taught me how to do it, then I'm going to pray blessings on them. And I'm going to hope God... I pray that this blessing will go 
and that they would have a toothache when they receive it. But Father, let it be good. And then I pray. <laughs> yeah, judge, stop judging me now. Stop judging me. Stop judging. Let them hit the corner of their bed, just the metal side. <laughs> stop. Don't do that. Stop. Don't do that. Some of y'all looking at me like, you pastor, you're secular. But here's what it is. I pray that God would forgive them. But then I, I pray that also that God will bless them. And Father, I pray that you would bless them, bless their families, bless them financially. I begin to pour blessings on them. And I say, Father, that the end outcome is that number one, if they apologize to me or if they don't, that's fine. But what I want to happen, God, is I want them to look at you and say, man, I made a mess of my life and you're still blessing me. And I want them to be able to receive the very same forgiveness that I received. So, Father, forgive me of my debt, but also forgive those who have debts against me. And then he gets into the fun part. Next week, I'm going to go into depth into this part right here. And I want to dive deep into it because I think it's important. I think it's vital. But next week, I'm going to do it. But listen, the Bible says, he said, and then I pray. Jesus was teaching him and he says, pray that you would not let me be led into temptation, but that you would deliver me from the evil one. This is, this is where we find ourselves in the midst of spiritual warfare. I, I want to show you something in Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 through 17 and i'm not gonna go in depth i promise next week i'm gonna get i'm gonna, I'm gonna lay this out but watch this G paul is speaking to the church of ephesus paul at this time he was pastoring the church of ephesus and then priscilla and aquila they pastored and then timothy pastored and then john the revelator pastored after that but during this time this is what paul says finally after everything that i've taught you in chapters one through five at the end of it i want you to be strong in the lord and in his mighty power and then he tells them, I want you to put on the full armor of God so that you can stand, you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Another word for that word scheme is plans. You're important enough for the devil to have plans for you. <laughs> Next week, I'm going to tackle that. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against rulers, against authorities, against powers of the dark world, against spiritual forces of in the heavenly realms, forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Yo, the enemy is not relegated to Freddy Krueger and Jason and Poltergeist and all the other scary movies. This is real. And this is something that we face on a daily basis. Practically, I can show it to you. And I've asked this question before. Have you ever had a full night's sleep? Like, I mean, you went to sleep at 9 o'clock at night, 10 o'clock, and you got up at 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock. Like, I mean, you had 12 hours or 10 hours. Or for some of us, you may have even had that beautiful, I wish I could have that, 8 hours of sleep. You know what I mean? You just had a really good night's sleep. And when you woke up, you were still tired. Anybody raise your hand if that's you. You felt that. Yeah. Can I tell you that that's a clear, sig a clear sign that you have been under spiritual warfare? Because though your body has been sleeping, your body, your flesh, I mean, sorry, your spirit has been warring all through the night. That's why you have these weird dreams and these attacks that come out of nowhere. Last night I had, and I don't ever dream, I had the randomness that somebody killed somebody and then I'm driving with them and I'm like, I'm not going to jail, you going to jail. And then I was like, tell them to go into the gas station and go get a drink and we're going to leave. And then my son is like, no, I'll get the gas station stuff. I'm like, bro, you, what's wrong with you? Shut up. And I'm like, hey, go in the gas station. Here, it's $5 and then we're leaving the car because I don't want to get in, like, because the enemy is constantly at attack. And it's crazy 
that you can have such a full night's sleep and yet still be tired because you are warring. What would happen if, I promise you, next Sunday I'm going to explain it to you and I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to give you a little bit today for you to be able to fight with. But I want you to understand that there are tactics that the Lord has given us to be able to, to stand against the wiles of the enemy. Look what the Bible says. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace in addition to this take up the shield of faith which which you can stand and you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of god that we have an opportunity as believers that daily we come before God and you're my daddy and I love you and I pray father that you would provide everything that I need and father I ask you to forgive me but also forgive everybody else who sinned against me bless them I pray and father right now before I step foot out of this household I pray father that you would not let me be led into temptation but that you would help me to overcome the evil one that you can begin to align yourself with spiritual forces oh, I got weird in here Yo, we believe that a 14-year-old had a baby without having sex. We believe that God walked an entire nation of people through dry ground and there was water on both sides. Nemo, Ariel, they were swimming inside and the children of Israel walked through there. We believe that God held the sun for three days. We believe that God raised the child from the dead. We believe that leprosy was ripped out of a person. We believe that a man's wife who had a fever, a man's mother-in-law who had a fever, that's a big deal for your mother-in-law to have a fever and for you to ask Jesus to heal her and then she gets healed. Don't laugh. But we believe that. We also got to believe that we're in a warfare. We also got to believe that there's spiritual forces all around us. But we also got to believe that if we step and we align ourselves, if we allow for God to be our father, for him to give us everything that we need, if we allow for him to forgive us our sins and to be able to forgive other people, then we have to align ourselves. Father, I need you to give me the strength to be over overcome the enemy. That every time that I open up this phone and I see another woman that's poorly dressed, that you help me to overcome the enemy. That every time that I look at my bank account and my money looks funny, that you give me the strength to be able to overcome the enemy. That every time that I talk to one of my doctors and the doctor is telling me that my daughter is not going to be able to do such and such, that I would overcome the enemy. That the faith that is living inside of me would give me the strength to be able to step over the enemy and be able to step into victory. Why? Because God, I want you to end this. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Take it to the last verse of Matthew chapter 6. For yours is the kingdom we we don't have a god that lives in an elected position he's not sit, sitting in an oval office we have a king who has been king since before anything began and he still owns the kingdom he's still his way of doing things he's still the lord of our the kingdom he has all power and all glory that we serve a god that's big that's mighty that's strong stronger than you stronger than your faith we have a god that's huge but he belongs to us. I, uh, some of y'all have ways of waking up. And some of you guys, you blast your alarm. How many of y'all blast your alarm when you go, God bless you. I can't do that in my house. Yo, my wife will stab me, man. That junk has to be like 
Hey, wake up. <laughs> I don't even put the alarm no more. Now I put it on my watch. It just has to tap me. If it even sounds, she's like, babe. It just, she, she, has, she has an issue. Um, y'all pray for her. Y'all pray for my wife. She doesn't like to be woke up at all. Um, it's a superpower of hers. But here's the crazy part about it. I, I have a thing, right? And it's corny. Shut up. Don't judge me. But I have a thing. When I'm in bed and I don't want to get up, I, I tell my wife and I tell my kids, y'all got to give me a hug. I can't get up without no hugs. Like I need hugs. Hugs is the only way. It gives me my superpower. And so we go and like I lay in the bed and like one will come and hug me and Ramses and Levi, they give the best hugs and Abigail will come and then they'll hug me. My wife will hug me, special hugs. But my wife will hug me and it's like we'll have, <laughs> we'll have this time where I'm just like, ah, some of y'all need coffee to wake up. If you don't have, <laughs> if you don't have no coffee, you're borderline not even saved. You know what I mean? Like. He's trying to still figure this thing out. You say, you speak in tongues that are unholy. <laughs> but for me, I like hugs. I like, I, give me a hug and I'm, I'm good to go. Like I wake up. I still need my coffee, but that's my thing. Uh, this morning and, and through mornings. One of them was this morning. Uh, my daughter, she goes and Abby, and she says, Daddy, she says, I can't get up unless I get a hug. I'm like, man, we're going to be late to church. You know what I mean? And I got to do this thing. Like, I'm starting this thing. Like, we, we got to get up. And she's like, sorry, I just can't. Can't get up. And so I go over there. I'm like, ah. And I go and I jump on top of her and I like squeeze her. Now, mind you, I weigh about 150 pounds. I identify as 150 pounds. I identify as in my 20s, late 20s. I'm being realistic. I'm late 20s. Um... But I, I jump on her and I, I hug her and then I, I start eating at her. And then Ramses, he gives the best hugs in the world. And then, and then my, my wife will come in there and she, we'll pancake her. So we're like sitting here and we're like grabbing her on both sides and we're like, ah, we're just, and she's, I can't breathe. I'm saying, you wanted hugs. We will give you all the hugs you want. And then she's, you just see her smiling early in the morning. Don't nobody smile in the morning. That's like not even humanly possible. And she's smiling and then she gets up and she's all chipper and, and fun and, and you know, as I began to think about this message, I started to think, what if my relationship with our father, my father, what if it looked like that every morning? What if I, what if I was intentional about stopping before I start and taking some time to just hug my daddy? And sometimes I, I can't physically wrap my arms around them, but I can wrap my heart around them. And if I would get up in the morning and just, Father, I love you. And Lord, thank you for being my daddy. You're always protecting me. Father, I thank you for who you are. And Lord, I pray that today help me to do things your way. I, I know I got ways about me. And I know that there's certain ways that I want to do things. But Father, help me to be able to, to do it your way. I pray, Father, that you would open heaven on earth. Help me to walk, Lord God, in the fullness of the gospel. I pray, Father, that today somebody will come to know you, that they would enter the kingdom. Father, I pray today that you would give me everything that I need to do everything you ask me to do. Give me peace today. Give me strength. Give me fortitude. Give me wisdom at my job. When I sit at that meeting, give me the words to be able to say. Give me the strategies, Lord. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would forgive me if I have done anything to offend you. I ask for your forgiveness, Lord. And Father, I pray, Lord, for anybody who's offended me, Lord, that you would forgive them and that you would bless them. Father, that you would pour out your mercy. And Father, today, let me not be led into temptation. Deliver me from the evil one. 
I pray, Father, that today that you would arm me with the armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the feet shut with the readiness to preach the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, and the sword of the Spirit. Father, I pray that today that you would watch over my children in school when the enemy would try to indoctrinate them. I pray that you would stand in the gap, Lord God, and that you would shield them from those things, Lord. Give me wisdom as we get in the car, Lord, to be able to pray with them, to teach them things. Father, I pray that when we read one chapter of the Bible on the audio version, on the radio, when we go to school, help something to fall out that would help them, Lord, to be able to be the men that you called them to be, the women that you called them to be in their school. Father, cover my family, Lord. I break every chain, every contract, Lord God. I stand in the gap for my family today. And Father, I thank you. The kingdom belongs to you. And I'm one of your kids. The power belongs to you. The glory belongs to you. You've earned it, Lord. Father, I love you. And it's in the precious name of Jesus that I pray. Amen and amen. Could you imagine if you wake up every single morning like that? What would your day look like? What would your afternoon look like? We got six minutes left. What would the rest of these six minutes look like if we took time to do that? Would you do me a favor and would you stand to your feet all over this place? Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. We hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church where you can read a message from our pastors, partner with us by giving online, and learn more about what is happening in the life of our church. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on all social media platforms at mygreater.church.